some people believe. If we repeat stories often enough, they become real. They make us who we are. That can be scary. Welcome to the Critics Podcast. This is Adam Sidarius, and I'm joined by a, a special guest this week. Sarah Hall. Yeah, Sarah, the horror queen Hall is back for, uh, I think this is a horror-filled episode, really. I mean, uh, it's pretty much all we're talking about this week. And um, as you guys can tell, there is no Joe this week. There is, uh, there's not going to be any hot takes this week, you know. <laughs> You know, this is just going to be a straightforward episode um, for us. So, but first we're going to talk about uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, so, Sarah, did you read these books as a kid? Yes, I yeah. did. I loved all of them. Uh, I got into horror things very early when I was a kid. And so I would always, I would always be the one to have those with me, like in my backpack at school and stuff. And I just, I thought it was like so cool for like, this isn't something I'm supposed to be reading. Like, this feels like I'm too young for this. And so I loved experiencing something like that. So, yes, I was a big fan of them. Yeah, like, I remember um, when I was, like, in elementary school, they you can only rent or uh, borrow these books from the uh, library if you were, like, a fourth or fifth grader. Like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't let any, like, uh, like, third grade and under kids, like, have these books. And that just made me want to get them more. Mm-hmm. Like, so I had to go to like my local library to pick them up. Um, and I remember I read like what are there like four or five like of them, um, and I fell in love with them. Like I just I loved Goosebumps, but these had a more special place in my heart because there's just something really um, I don't know. Like it seemed a lot more sinister than Goosebumps, you know. Yeah, and I think especially the illustrations make it so much creepier than, like, even the stories have. They give such a strong visual to the story. Yeah, I mean, the illustrations are amazing. Uh, I think the guy, Stefan Gamel, is the guy's name, uh, who did the illustrations. Something Gamel, yeah. Yeah, um, honestly, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, like, all the illustrations, and it's take they've been talking about doing a movie of this for i want to say a long time um but you know it's kind of hard i think to do like an anthology movie um so i i do like the format of this film where it kind of brings in a lot of the classic stories from the book and kind of tries to tie it into a narrative um but i got to ask what did you think of this movie because i think we have a different opinion on it yeah, I would say overall, I wasn't that impressed by it. Um, but I did really like a lot of individual aspects about it. Like um, the particular moments with the different monsters and like especially like the red room scene with that one woman like walking through the like, what was I even forgot where they were. The hospital. Yeah. The hospital. Yes. When she was just like that whole scene where it was just her and every uh, everywhere surrounding that was really cool but i think overall i just wasn't that impressed by it yeah um i think the red room scene was probably my favorite bit too just because like i thought it was the one that built up the most tension Mm -hmm. and i gotta say i didn't like love this movie but what i do appreciate about it is that it kind of harkened back to like movies that i grew up with where i felt a little bit uneasy watching it 
And I didn't feel like any of the characters were safe. Like, yeah. I did enjoy that. Like, I liked that if you took a kid to this movie, I think they could, you know, sit through it, but they wouldn't, like, they would be, like, a little bit scared. They'd be, like, a little bit uneasy. Um, and I can't help but feel like if I saw this when I was, like, 8 or 10 or whatever, like, I would have loved this movie. Oh, absolutely. I feel the same way. If I would have seen this when I was 10 years old, I would have, my mind would have been blown. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why um, I'm just, like, a little bit more positive on it. Because while, like, I myself, I enjoyed, like, aspects of it, I do just have to, like, look at it, like, from a window where I just appreciate how it's kind of a gateway movie for younger kids. Um, And I do think every generation kind of needs a movie like this for kids. Um, And, you know, judging by the box office, it made $20 this weekend, which is more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it yeah it was the number one movie out of all the new releases, and oh, I'm, did it beat I'm out your fave? It didn't. No, it Hobson Shaw was uh, made. Oh, oh, you're million. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, came close though. <laughs> well, you can't beat a masterpiece. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I'm pretty impressed by it. And when I saw it, it was pretty packed. Um, so it makes yeah, me happy. same. Yeah, so it makes me happy that you know kids are turning out to this movie and I don't know like it kind of reminded me of like in kind of an old school like late 90s Nickelodeon movie mm-hmm. at a point where yeah, it was yeah like it was a little bit edgy but it wasn't like you know it wasn't overbearing yeah and also I think we got to credit the um amazing practical effects and makeup oh in this my movie. god best part of it by far yeah. There's a um, featurette going around right now, like about like the process of creating it. Um, and I, if you guys haven't seen that yet, I highly recommend checking it out because it's really incredible stuff. Like they show how, um, what's the, like in the Red Room, what's that monster's name? Do you know? I don't know, but yeah. uh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the la- it's just the lady, uh, like I forgot her name, but they show like how they made, it's like actually a guy in the suit. Yeah like walking and it's uh like every monster in this movie at least at one point or one shot is practical at some point um of course cgi comes in a little bit later but at least one shot of this movie every monster is practical effects um which i think is really admirable and adds to like the horror and the tension i think um Mm -hmm. but i i do want to get though into the flaws because i i i think that my biggest issue with this film is that while the horror elements were so cool, um, like I, I really did like every little segment they did, the spaces in between with these characters yeah. were so rough. <laughs> um, yeah, did you feel the same way about that? Yeah, I couldn't attach myself to any of them and really feel like I should root for them. Like, And I think this kind of comes from the fact that I saw It Chapter One in theaters a couple days ago. Right. uh, Which was, I I love that movie. I love all the characters so much. And I'm able to connect with them so much. And then when you see something like this right after, it just sort of, it just feels kind of empty. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, not only like are those characters like good characters in their own right, they have excellent chemistry with one another. And these characters have like no chemistry with each other. Like, yeah, you don't believe they're friends, honestly. Like Mm -hmm. I, they have no, like, I cannot imagine them actually hanging out. Like that scene where they're like in the high school auditorium together, they look annoyed being together. Like, um, like when 
wide spoilers, when stuff happens to some of the characters, I didn't feel like any of them felt something, you know, when something happened because their chemistry is just so off. And I feel like that really damaged the movie. Um, and I think maybe that's also, like you said, Sarah, like how, why it uh, was so successful was because you care about not only the kids, but you believe that they care and love each other, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the only kid I thought was really good in this movie was the lead, uh, Zoe Margaret Coletti. Mm -hmm. um, I thought she did a really good job. Um, the character was a little bit thin at times. Um, you know, it's kind of the typical, oh, you know, my mom left. Yeah. You know, seen so many yeah. horror movies, but uh, I, I thought she carried the movie pretty well. Um, it's just all the other kids were just so wooden. Um, and so, like, especially the like, comic relief kid. Um, oh, I was so annoyed by him the whole time. The one thing that got me about it is that there you can make an annoying character very likable. Like yeah. Richie from It is a great example. That, yeah. Like he's so irritating, but you just love him so much. But the character in Scary Stories was every time he was on screen, I just groaned and I was like, "Here we go again." Yeah, I mean, and none of his jokes were funny either. Like, no, they didn't even make sense at the time. I'm like, "Why are you doing this?" Like in this really tense situation. Like the cool thing about I know we keep going back to it, but you know <laughs> what happens when it's a you know kid-based horror movie. Like you know whenever Richie or one of the Losers Club like kids were cracking jokes in those movies, they felt realistic in the situation that they were in, mm -hmm. um, and they genuinely felt terrified whenever Pennywise was coming out. Like especially that first scene where they finally see Pennywise in the house. Exactly. Um, yeah. You feel genuine terror when Pennywise is like going after Richie or, um, you know, one of the other kids. And in this movie, while I do think the horror segments are well done, it would have been a hundred times better if you cared about these kids. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of the downside to it. Um, the director, I want to say his name is Andre Oval. I, I, Deeply apologize yeah. if I put your name, sir. Um, but have you seen his other movies? Um, uh, I think it's Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes, and that was the one I've seen. Of his. Did you like that one? I liked it, yeah. I was okay. sort of distracted when I watched it, but <laughs> oh, okay. I, remember, I remember liking it a decent amount and thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't see that one yet. Um, it kind of made... This movie, though, kind of made me want to watch it because I'm like, okay, let's see like how he does... In a movie without having to deal with kids, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's one of those movies where there's only a couple characters in it, and it's mainly in one setting, which I always think is really cool. Yeah, I do love movies like that, um, and it also made me want to watch it because in this movie, you know, all my faults with it, I have to say, it's really well directed. Mm -hmm. um, not only just like the scenes of the tension, the horror, but like just some of the camera work is really impressive, and he adds like incredible composition to his shots and a visual style that and scenes where you know any other director i don't feel like would have found it to be necessary to add style to um but there's a lot of detail put to this movie that i thought was really impressive um so i'm interested to see what he does in the future uh but yeah like for the most part i thought this was an okay movie um i had a fun enough time watching it but i i wouldn't mind seeing a sequel that just maybe doubles down on the horror and like less on the kids. Yeah, um, I agree. Or even just get a better group of kids. Like I don't, I don't even mind. <laughs> just, just replace like, them all. 
Yeah, like just honestly, just do another anthology movie, like where it's a different group of kids. A different... That would be cool and different stories this time. Yeah, I mean, because you have what five, six books to choose from, I think. Um, so, and they all have like I want to say like ten to fifteen stories each in them, maybe more yeah. than that. So, yeah, you have plenty to pull from, and like I said, judging by the box office, they might want to do a sequel to it. Um, Did, so yeah, you if, said you read these books when you were when you were younger, right? Yeah, I think I read them all. Do you remember any of them that like particularly stuck out to you? Because one, the one that I remember the most and liked the most, ended up in the movie, which was cool. What was your favorite? Harold, the scarecrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that um. See, that was, I don't know if that was my favorite, but it was one of my favorites. And that's another thing going back to the practical effects, because they, the illustration of Harold looks identical to what they did. Yes. Um, yeah, it looked amazing. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything specifically, just because I read them so long ago. Yeah. Um, but I do want to kind of like go back. Um, I remember the dead hand was one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I don't know how they would really do it, um, like in the context of how this movie played out. But then again, they did the, the stupid toe bit, which I thought was like the worst part of the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe they can do, uh, they can make anything work, really. Um, yeah. So do you have any final thoughts on this? Um, not really. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> obviously, I think there's going to be a sequel to this because I don't see how they could set something like that up and just... Oh, it's over. So um, I will definitely go see the sequel if it's out. I don't know if I'm going to be super hyped for it or anything, but I'd be interested in seeing what it does. Yeah, I, I think I'm there with you. Like, I got a little, I think I got a little bit more enjoyment out of this than you did, but I still, I see definite room for improvement in the further sequels. Um, and honestly, I know it sets up like a sequel at the end, but I don't care enough to see that story continued. Like, I honestly would rather just see another anthology movie. Mm -hmm. um just the you know it's just about the horror stuff like i don't need to see this particular storyline continue with these kids yeah um but what did you give this on a scale of one to ten uh i believe i gave it a four out of ten yeah um i think i'm gonna go six just because of the craft you know that's Mm their standpoint um but I, i guess i recommend it if you're a horror fan um, or if you have any kind of nostalgia for these movies, but it's not like a, you know, don't rush out to see it or anything. You know, it's not like a must see. It's it's okay, you know, for what it is. Or um, if you're really interested in practical effects, because I definitely think that was the best part. Yeah, I mean, totally. Like that's definitely worth seeing, and it's it's pretty cool in the theater too. There's some good sound design and stuff like that. So uh, it's a pretty effective theater experience. Um, but. Next, we're going to talk about, uh, me and Sarah each have three uh, anticipated horror movies that we want to talk about um, that come out until the end of the year. And yeah, we just wanted to do this like kind of horror preview because a lot of the best horror movies kind of come out later in the year. So uh, Sarah, what's the first one that's on your list? The first one for me is It Chapter 2. Of it's course. my second most anticipated of the year, but now first, because obviously Midsummer right. uh, is out. <laughs> I am so excited to see this. Every time there's a new trailer or any kind of kind of new kind of promotion for it, I immediately jump on it. I'm so excited. I went to go see part one 
about a week ago in theaters and it showed like a five minute clip um, from chapter two at the end of it. Oh, nice. Really cool to see. I didn't know they were going to do that. It was just, I was like, oh, let's stay after the credits and see if they have anything for it. And there was. Yeah, I am. I'm really excited for this myself. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think most people are. It's because the first one was massive. Like, I don't even think Warner Brothers was anticipating how big that movie was going to be. Um, and this one looks even better, I think. Like, just from like a visual standpoint, it looks crazy. Yes. Um, yeah. I know Muschietti was talking about uh, how he really like went all out with like the kills and stuff in this movie and the horror scenes. Um, and also the fact that it's two hours and 45 minutes. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked because that just tells me that he fully got creative control on this movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. They let him do his thing in the first movie. He did a good job. But I think there were reports in that movie that he had to cut some stuff out that he wanted to keep. Mm-hmm. I'd um, really be interested in seeing them too. I don't know if they'll ever get released, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I know. And this one, I'm just uh, I'm so stoked. And like the casting for the, uh, the adult was Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. I mean, Bill Hader is Richie. That's just kind of... I... Nobody, nobody else can play Richie except for Bill Hader. Yeah, I, I can't I, imagine anybody else but him. Yeah, I know. And it's like, Bill Hader, um, did you watch Barry on HBO? I saw the first couple episodes, but I, for some reason, I am not into TV shows about LA where they just talk about LA the whole time. And that's what I was getting from it. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this in a couple years. But I hear really good things about it. And I absolutely love Bill Hader. So. Yeah, I was just bringing it up because uh, he is so incredible in that show. Like, he gives, like, kind of like Brian Cranston Breaking Bad level performance in that show. And it just uh, makes me more excited to see, like, what he does in it. Because another thing that Muschietti said was that uh, it's really going to focus not only on the horror, but also just on the relationships. And it's going to be as much of a drama as it's a horror movie. And I'm so excited for that because I think what made the first movie so special was that it took so much time and care um, when it came to like uh, focusing on the characters and their situations um, and what made them friends in the first place, you know? Absolutely. I, I mean, the horror in it chapter one was great, but the thing that I liked about it by far was the characters and their relationships. Like I saw, I viewed it as more of a coming of age movie than a scary movie. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think that's why it was so resonant for so many people. Like, I, I think a lot of people went in expecting, oh, you know, it's, you know, Pennywise the Clown, whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people did see, what was it, ABC, the one that aired the original. Um, they saw the original TV movie, and they, I think everyone has, like, a certain amount of nostalgia for it, but this just made it, like, into a great film. Um and something that was really powerful because you know anyone can kind of relate to the idea of friendship and having a bond with people and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the beauty of it i think yeah and another thing i love in movies is whenever um kids have to deal with situations that are so beyond their control but they can't do anything about it and they just have to fight back and figure out how to band together and stop whatever it is they need to do yeah i know and that's like that's the best part of the first movie it's like this the whole third act where they just you know not only the adults want to listen to them they don't want to help them they just have to do it themselves and Mm -hmm. it's it's so satisfying to watch um i think this is going to be probably 
the biggest one of the biggest movies of the year um oh yeah because the first one broke like records too and i just feel even more hype for this one so yeah it chapter two comes out on september 6th um do you have your tickets yet uh no but i just got regal unlimited so i'm probably going to get them tonight okay I'm very awesome. excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got mine uh an IMAX, so I'm I'm pretty stoked Ooh, for it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um one of the horror movies that I had uh jotted down was uh Little Monsters. Um mm-hmm. this is I think did it premiere at Sundance, I think. Um I think um I think is- so. My friends saw it. I believe it's Sundance. Okay. And he said he liked it. So. Okay. <laughs> I basically what I get from it is um, it's Lupita Nyong'o in Child Zombies, um, which that's just a great combo for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems uh, I saw the trailer and it looks really um, looks really funny. Um, I I know we have Zombie Land two coming out this year, which I am excited for, but I do want to see kind of an original zombie comedy, mm-hmm. um, and of course Lupita Nyong'o who was amazing in Us this year. Um, I'm so excited. Good. Yeah, I'm so excited to see her not only return to horror, but I've heard she's really funny in this movie too. Um, so I'm interested to see like that kind of balance. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm always down for like a black comedy, like just like a really dark movie. Um, so yeah, I'm always down for that. Uh, do you have any anticipation for this movie? Yeah, I believe I saw a clip of it like a long time ago before I even knew what this was. And it looked so funny. It was like, I, I think it was her leading a group of a bunch of five-year-olds through like a zombie attack. But like, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what it was about. But I've, I just remember thinking about Lupita and she, her playing this like bright, bubbly preschool teacher and this zombie situation was so funny. And I, she's just so likable. I love everything that she's in just because she brings so much to it. Yeah, she really is like in every movie that she's in, she um, elevates the material and... I'm just excited to see her, you know, you know, once again do a completely different role. Um, so yeah, Little Monsters. I'm actually not sure if it even has a U.S. release date. Um, let me um, double check. This is UK November fifteenth. But... Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll be here <laughs> at some point uh, by before the end of the year. Um, so Sarah, what was your next one on the list? The next one I have is The Lighthouse. Yeah, The Lighthouse, uh, this is probably not only just like in my most anticipated horror movies of the year, but top five, like just period of the year. Yes. Um, I'm so stoked for this movie. Um, why are you excited for it? I, I absolutely love the director. The Witch is one of my favorites. Um, it, and it just looks so cool and distinct. Like just, the, just watching the trailer, I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, it looks absolutely like insane and incredible. Um, it also has like two of the best working actors today in it, with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yes, yes. Um, I'm really excited to see this because The Witch was one of those movies that I felt harkened back to these very quiet and eerie horror movies where it didn't rely on dialogue or excessive jump scares, but just kind of mood and tone. Yes. Um, and this movie looks like it's even further with that. Like it's literally black and white. I hear there's not like a ton of dialogue in it. Um, 
I'm just really stoked to see what he does with it because his direction of the witch was just fantastic. And this is getting even more acclaim um, out of the festival circuit. So yeah, I'm stoked for this one. Yes. And I love all the memes that are coming from it too. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's not even something that's meme worthy. People just love it so much already that it's becoming like an instant classic. Like that one with the um, girl and the boy arguing and it's like, uh, this is, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in the White House trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been playing a yeah, lot of amazing. Bioshock recently and you can like pick up cans of beans around to um to increase your health and every single time I do it I go, "Why just fail your beans?" <laughs> Film Twitter never disappoints. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so this comes out in December, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, oh, it October. says October 18th. Oh, I was oh, going to wow, that's soon. I was getting that mixed up with the uncut gems. That's right. Um, yeah, so wow. October 18th for that. Um, A24 is a pretty big year this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they always kill it each year, but this is one of the ones I'm the most anticipated for. Um, yeah. And I think I'm only excited for A24 movies this year. Everything else is like, hmm. Yeah, I know. Everything else is kind of, that's the whole thing. Like A24, they just kill it on a consistent basis. Um, mm -hmm. This is a little bit off topic, but I was telling my friends the other day, um, I, you know those public access screenings they're doing? Yes. I want them to project the Florida Project on the actual motel here in Orlando. I don't know why they didn't. I know they did Moonlight in Miami, and that's probably too close, but yeah. they should have done this. I hope they have like more of these screenings, because they seem to be like a success. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, so a, this is an A24 podcast now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one on my list is a uh, little movie called The Lodge. Um, this is just one that I think looks really cool. And um, it's from the directors of Goodnight Mommy, which, mm. uh, did you see this movie, Sarah? No, but I've wanted to for a long time. Yeah, it's um, easily one of the most disturbing movies I think I've ever seen in my life. It's uh very it's gnarly it's disturbing it is i mean i saw it like five years ago and i'm still thinking about it today it's it's a <laughs> it very like that kind of movie yeah exactly that's that's why i was very <laughs> excited because it's it's just really it's not even so much like what they show it's just kind of i don't know just everything the implications it. of it all yeah implications and just yeah i don't know it's a very dark movie like very very bleak but i i really enjoyed it and the Lodge, um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it seems like a lot of people are bored in the trailer, but the trailer makes it seem very like serious and very, um, the direction seems like just as on point in this movie. Um, and also kind of what you're talking about, the autopsy of Jane Doe, it seems like a lot of this movie takes place in one location. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm excited. And like I said, Riley Keough, um, she's pretty fantastic in every movie she's in uh so yeah i'm excited just to see her you know return to um, film uh so do you have any anticipation for this yeah i haven't heard much about it at all but it is on my watch list and i feel like i've seen a trailer for it definitely but yeah, yeah. i'm definitely excited for it yeah i can't wait and i believe this comes out in november um, november 15th yeah thank you sarah we you're welcome <laughs> um so what's the next one on your list the next one on my list is Dr. Sleep. Yes, I am so 
hyped for this movie. Uh, why are you excited for it? I just, I really like Stephen King adaptations recently. Yeah. And Mike Flanagan is an amazing director. Yeah. And I, I've loved everything he's done. So I, I really trust him on this. Yeah, I would say he's like the most underrated horror director right now. Um, because it's not that his movies are like dragged or anything, but he doesn't get appreciation for his craft. I feel like um, he did Haunting of Hill House, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, I loved that. Um, did you like that too? I forgot. I did. I really liked it. The thing that sticks out to me about it is the bent neck lady. I think about that probably like every other day. Yeah, <laughs> I, such a good story arc. It really is, and I, I loved that because it really felt like his. Um, it felt like his masterpiece almost like it mm -hmm. felt like this was the story he wanted to tell and netflix gave him like what eight was it eight episodes so like eight hours to yes i think fully, so yeah to fully tell his story um but not only just the tv like uh i haven't seen before i wake that's the one i haven't seen but you know hush i love hush, that movie amazing yeah i remember that was a movie i think it was a netflix movie and I, it's definitely on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on Netflix, and I just it was like a blind watch for me. I didn't even know he did it when I watched it, and it was like one of the best blind watches I've ever had for a movie. Like I love this movie so much. Um, Gerald's Game, I liked. I didn't love it, but I appreciate his direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. We uh, the Weed sequel. Um, I haven't seen that seen it. I liked it. Um, I thought it was he really elevated it as always. Like there's some things with his movies that you can get around when other people are writing the script, but his direction was so good in it that I didn't mind watching it. You know, um, he really did a great job with the sequel. Um, and while this next one isn't my favorite of his, I think it was the one that made me really appreciate him just as a director, which is uh, Oculus. Um, did you see this one? I have yet to see it, but I have it on DVD. I just, I got it at a, a flea market a little bit ago for like a dollar. And gotcha. I was like, oh, awesome. So I want to see it before Dr. Sleep comes out. Yeah, Oculus is just a, such a cool movie. Like it is, like the way it plays with narrative and time and also the visuals are just so trippy. And I love that movie. I think it's a super cool horror movie. And I remember when I saw it in theaters, I had no idea what it was about, and I was just blown away by it. I thought it was really unique and cool. Um, so yeah, uh, and then Doctor Sleep. I did you read the book for this? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, I neither have I. <laughs> and I haven't read it either. Um, I I was I was a little bit hesitant um, before they attached Mike Flanagan to it because I was like, do we need like a sequel to The Shining? Like. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, it feels more like a cash grab than anything like them that we need it. Um, but, you know, as the cast came along and Flanagan signed on for it, I got a little bit more uh, patient, like, with it. And the trailer, oh, my God, like, oh, so good. <laughs> it completely sold me. Um, and I also think it's really cool, like, how, if I'm not mistaken, they reshot all those scenes from The Shining. Mm -hmm. it, it looks identical to Kubrick. Crazy. Yeah, like the sh I think the only scene that was the same was the blood going down the hallway. Mm -hmm. um, but he said everything else he just reshot and he tried to like match it to perfection. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this and Ewan McGregor's in it. Um, yes, I'm excited to see him as an older Danny. Like that's that's good. Yeah, 
I think he definitely looks the part. Yeah, um, he de- he definitely does. I'm looking at the cast list now. I did not realize that Jacob Tremblay was in this movie. Me neither. Good for uh, him. I love Jacob. I wonder. I wonder if he's playing a younger Danny, which is, huh? Because it, it, he's not like that. he doesn't have a name. It just says Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> he's playing Jacob Tremblay. He's playing. <laughs> he's playing Alex Esso is playing Wendy Torrance. Have you seen Starry Eyes? I have not. What is that? It's a one of my favorite like um, modern horror movies. It's sort of. Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. it oh, was, okay. it was it's kind of low key. Like I remember I don't even remember how I saw it. I think it might have been on Netflix or something, but it's it's about she's the lead in it, Alex Esso, and um she's an actress and she moves to Hollywood to like try to be a star and she ends up uh like finding this dark underworld about it. Yeah. I'm really liking it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I definitely think it was on Netflix cuz I remember seeing this cover before. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, but yeah, look, it's very creepy. Like right off the bat, um, oh, is this the guy? The director of it did Pet Cemetery. Was that? Uh, yeah, huh? Oh, damn! You did better with stars and Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, okay, odd stars. Oh, and they also did Holidays, which was the anthology. I don't know if you saw that. It was a anthology horror about like. A bun- different directors were given uh, a holiday and they had to make a short based on it. And I remember their short, uh, Valentine's Day, was my favorite. I um I know I know the movie. I didn't see it, but that came out, what, 2015, 2016, I think? 2016, yeah. Yeah, some I remember. Better than others. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the same thing with like, the ABCs of Death. Like some mm-hmm. were better than others. And VHS, like I remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's always like 50-50. I think like the best one, like horror anthology in a recent memory was uh, XX. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was all female directors too, right? Yes. Yeah, I love that movie actually. I thought it was really fun. It was fun. great, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so, um, oh yeah, Dr. Sleep. I, was, I forgot what movie we started with. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dr. Sleep, that's November um, November something. 8th. Yeah, once again, Sarah's the release date. Uh, <laughs> I just have I'm, my movie pulled up at all times. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not prepared at all. Um, so the last one on my list is uh, Black Christmas. Uh, Sarah, what are your like opinions on the other Black Christmas movies? And what are you looking forward to with this movie? The first one is amazing, incredible, a classic, iconic. Yeah. Everybody knows it. I really like the remake. I don't think it's technically a good movie. Like, we discussed this a little bit. We don't think it's technically a good movie, but we both really like it. Yeah, the the, uh, the most recent remake. I have a very, like, weird memory of that movie because I remember, it came out, what, 2006, I think? And I saw it when I was nine years old. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I should not have seen it at all. Um, I mean, because that was my thing when I was a kid. I got into horror movies at a really young age. And I think, like, the first horror movie I ever saw was Halloween when I was, like, seven or eight. Oh, wow. And it, yeah, and it just complete because I remember it was, like, Halloween night and my parents went to bed. And I was watching Halloween on my living room floor, like, eating candy on you know, <laughs> an AMC. So it was, like, a little bit neutered, but it was still, like, creepy to me. Yeah, it's still very scary. Um, so then, like, over the years, I just, you know, kind of secretly watched them on movie channels on HBO or whatever. And 
um, I remember like a year after Black Christmas came out. So I had to be like 10 at that point. That's when I saw it. Um, and I just remember I was so creeped out by the remake. Um, uh, I Just the kills in the movie are so gruesome. Yeah, um, creative too. Very creative, uh, creepy, gory, bloody, disgusting, like any name in the dictionary. Like it's, it's so weird, this movie. Um, and their original, I saw it when I was like, I actually didn't see it till like last year, I want to say, mm-hmm. which is crazy that I went that long without seeing it, but seeing the remake. Um, but the original was, was instantly one of my favorite movies of all time. Like from the second I saw it, I was like, this is like a masterpiece. Um, yeah. um, so this one I'm really anticipating because um, Sophia Tackle is directing it, who she did this movie back in, I want to say 2016, uh, maybe 2017. It was called Always Shine. Mm-hmm. with uh mckenzie uh, davis and i forgot the other actress's name um that was a really cool like psychological thriller caitlin um, fitzgerald yes um she <laughs> they were both great in the movie um i didn't like love that movie but my immediate takeaway from it was that it was exceptionally well directed and i was like eager to see what she would do after um, so I'm excited to see her do Black Christmas, but it's also pretty cool that you have um, female writers coming back or coming in for this one too. Yeah, um, especially since it's, it's centered around a sorority. Right, and I, that's one of the things I did appreciate about the original movie was that it felt kind of like one of those early feminist movies where they weren't like damsels in distress and they mm-hmm. weren't like, just women waiting to be picked off. They actually like fought back. And that was a very different thing for the 70s, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, because the 70s and 80s were, like, prime for, like, when horror movies just kind of disregarded, like, women in the roles. Um, So I love the original movie. And I'm excited to see, like, a female perspective on the story, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm super stoked for this movie. And I know another reason you're excited is because Bloomhouse, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes Blumhouse I love everything they do even if it's bad I really appreciate them yeah I mean that's the thing like even when they don't like hit it out of the park it's still always admirable when they just make anything because they I don't know like it's weird like they do it like on a shoestring budget but they always still somehow do it with care yeah um, they have like 2 million budgets and get like 200 million in the box office it's crazy yeah, and like they're even talking about like Happy Death Day three recently or Jason World, <laughs> and I'm like that movie made like five dollars, and yet you can still do a sequel. Yeah, like that's, yeah. Like, that just kind of goes to his entire business practice. I think um, I love him so much. I love that when you can tell that somebody or like a public figure, like a celebrity, is the actual one running their Twitter. Because I feel like that's not very common nowadays, but you can tell that Jason Blum is like tweeting out all the all the things he does, which I appreciate. Yeah, because he does it like in dad text. So it's, absolutely, yeah. So like, yeah, he's totally like, you know, tweeting this from his hot tub or whatever. Like, yeah, you know. he like, <laughs> pictures of him and he's like hanging with my mom today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I love him and I love Bloom House. Um, so yeah, that's. Black Christmas, I think, comes out on December 8th or 9th or something. December 13th. I was close. Oh, it's Friday the 13th. Um, that's pretty dope. Is it really? Yeah, right? Yeah. So. Oh, I, also, while we're talking about Blumhouse, uh, Unfriended Dark Web is a masterpiece. Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Did you like the first Unfriended, too? 
I enjoyed the first one a lot. I saw it when I was in high school with my friend after like, it was rated R. So we, and I was like, I was, I must've been 14 or 15. So we had a debacle, but we ended up getting in and it was very rewarding. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. I remember I had to like, I forgot what I bought a ticket for. Cause I, um, I had, I was 17 at the time, but I forgot my ID at home. Mm. And I remember I had to like convince the guy that I was <laughs> like, I bought the ticket for this with movie pass. And then like, he wouldn't let me in. So I had to exchange it. And then I just walked into the theater anyways. Uh-huh. So for 20 minutes of that movie, I was like kind of paranoid. I'm like, I was like, watching. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, what's it called? Unfriended Dark Web. Yes. Uh, this one. Yes. I love that movie. It's so much fun. Um, it's amazing. I, I don't understand why so many people dislike it. I think they automatically see that it's, Blumhouse and it's unfriended and they're like oh whatever but just open up your mind and you'll you'll see yeah it's a super fun movie and I hope they do a third one (laughs) and Betty Gabriel is incredible yeah totally like I I love it so thank you for bringing it up I mean we could also (laughs) have a whole Blumhouse episode if we want oh we could we can even talk about the Halloween Horror Nights uh uh house Blumhouse house yes and wait they're doing pots this year right yes I just heard about them the other day. I'm so excited. I'm so hyped. Um, I hope they have like the Beach Boys playing in the house. That'd be amazing. <laughs> They're definitely going to get I Got Five on it, or at least the remix of it to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the queue for that's going to be like insane. It's just going to be like, and there's going to be like little, I bet like when you're in the waiting queue, they're going to have those like little cutouts of the uh, Hands Across America, like across. Yes, yes, yes. Like I can already imagine it. Like I'm so excited. Um, I'm also guessing it's gonna be like the carnival too. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, we're big horror fans here. If you couldn't tell, guys. <laughs> um, well, I think that about does it. Uh, Sarah, thank you for uh, joining us today. Yeah, of course. Um, where can everyone find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore H A I I and Letterbox Moonrise Kingdom. Um, and you can follow me at Adam J. Sidoris on Twitter and Adam Sidoris on Letterboxd. Uh, we will be back next week, I think, with uh, Blinded by the Light and probably some other movies too. Uh, who knows? We see so many movies we lose count. Um, and then I think we're doing, oh yeah, we're doing an episode of The Farewell um, sometime this week. So Ooh. yeah, that's what we do, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Spoiler. Amazing. Um, yeah, uh, so until next time, guys, you can find all the latest reviews on critics.com. And yeah, we'll see you soon. So goodbye.